Welcome in to the Fantasy Tilt Podcast. Here are your hosts, Keaton Denley and Nate Hamilton. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Tilt Podcast. I'm your host, Keaton Denley, joined as always by my favorite analyst, Nate Hamilton. Nate, how are you doing? Again, you catch me with a favorite analyst thing. Makes me smile. It's, it's hilarious. I love it. Um, I'm doing I'm doing all right. You know, uh, been a long day today. I know it's been a long day for you, as we discussed uh, prior. But, um, you know, outside of that, uh, it's been a crazy day because it was the NFL trade deadline, which we'll get into, obviously. Um, right. So we'll probably just end up skipping news tonight, uh, get tilted and, and get into all the reactionary uh, trades that happened. I'm doing your job right now, which I'm just stepping right it. over just- you. I'll just hang out and let you do your thing. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, we'll discuss all the trades and and talk about uh, the fantasy impact. First thing I, I, I want to know: Did you dress up last night? Nah, I had a Jason mask with my. I was wearing black sweatpants and a black hoodie, and I had a Ooh, Jason. Wait, mask. A, a Jason mask? Does Michael I know. know? Not Michael. Well, see, the thing is, the Michael Myers mask that I have, I wore last year, but like. They're custom made masks and I just don't want to handle them too much. You know what I mean? So I didn't want to bring it out this time. So I did. This is the news segment. You finally like come <laughs> over to Friday the 13th and I love it. It's a, it's, it's good. I love all horror. You know, it's, it's fine. I just prefer Michael Myers, you know? <laughs> That's fantastic. All right. Well, uh, like you mentioned, we are going to just skip through the news because as the trade deadline, I mean, today is news. So, is so news. we're just going to uh, cover that in the body of the show. But first, we'll get tilted. Everyone, get in here! What the hell? It's a goddamn cougar in the car! I need to know who put my calculator in Jello, or I'm gonna lose my freaking mind! Uh oh. Sounds like somebody's got a case of the Mondays. All right, Nate, what you got? All right, I'm gonna try to keep this one short because it's this is a true tilt that I'm actually angry about so i don't oh. want to like i don't want to go too much into it but it is fantasy football related so every you know viewer can just relax it's not something super serious mm-hmm. but it's serious to me okay if you remember a while back uh it was about a month ago i talked about my friend that I, i'm gonna put in quotes my friend who's also the commissioner of this league and how he congratulated me on going four and oh in the league and being the top dog in the league the reverse jinx. Right. Yep. The reverse jinx. Yeah. He's like, congratulations, going 4 0. You're the top dog. And obviously, like, my opponent had to score a ridiculous amount of fantasy points to catch up. But needless to say, that happened. I did not go 4 0. I went 3 and 1. So since then, I haven't won a single matchup. <laughs> oh, no. Yes. So. I was 3-0 when he texted me the early congratulations, and I ended up losing that week to go 3-1, as I said. Fast forward four weeks later, I'm 3-5 in in eighth place. (laughs) This is only a 10-team league. It's a two-quarterback league, 10-team, and I'm in eighth place. After starting 3-0, I've lost five straight. And to top everything off, this week I have CMC, Zeke Elliott and Amari Cooper on bye, and my lowest projected total for any week in the season. So I'm expecting to go three and six after starting three and zero, oh, and this tilt is hitting me so hard. I'm already tilting for next week. <laughs> so I, it's like I'm, I know this I'm, isn't coming through on the podcast, but I just caught myself in in the video feed. Yeah, I looked yeah. at myself and I realized that I'm just like jaw dropped, like listening <laughs> to this this horrible thing that's happened to one of my good buddies. So what, what has happened to this point? So did you have injuries or are these just bad beat after bad beat? It's just bad. I've had the third most points scored against me. So like, it's one of those things, like everyone has their best week when they face me. And it's just been one of those things. Like I just had CMC put up 43 points for me. Um, but you know, uh, the same week I had 
Rashard Bateman give me a zero and Mark Andrews go out early. So, like, it's just been a, a struggle ever since. And I really, truly feel like this is a curse. And I'm going to just do this. This is this is complete ad lib. I, this was not part of my, my tilt. But I'm going through messages because I, I had to text them today and say that I haven't won a single game since you cursed me with five straight losses. Mm-hmm. And so he texts me this, right? Just something to just make me even more angry. He says, I believe there's an old Chinese proverb that goes something like, one who blames another for their fantasy misfortune over a good gesture shall not receive wins until they find peace. I just wanted to reach you the phone and just strangle this man. Oh, uh, my goodness. I love him, though. He's a good friend, but uh, it's it's just... I don't think I can ever forgive him for this. I think this is something I will never let him live down that mm -hmm. he said, congratulations, I'm four and oh, and now we're standing what four or five weeks later, I'm now three and five. Yeah. So thanks a lot, buddy. This man deserves an award. He is so <laughs> far in your head with next level trash oh. talk. He's inventing Chinese proverbs about yes. fantasy football that's fantastic if you ever have an opening in this league get me in this sounds amazing he uh yeah so i guess he's trolling me right like yes that's essentially what's happening so yep. and that just hit me so yeah anyways i'm still i'm gonna be tilted for for probably the entire season <laughs> that that's a good tilt i i enjoyed that one i i know that you may not have enjoyed it as no. much as i did but... <laughs> i'm crying inside but that's fine <laughs> um so my tilt, I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be vague about this, but it, it's sort of, I had, I've had one of those days, weeks, months, let's say, and there's, there's a quote that comes to mind, and it's from Men in Black, and, it, and every, people have seen this movie, right? Love but it. there's a point where Kay says, "A person is smart. People are dumb, panicky, dangerous animals, and you know it." 1,500 years ago, everybody knew the Earth was the center of the universe. 500 years ago, everybody knew the Earth was flat. And 15 minutes ago, you knew that humans were alone on this planet. And, and there's a bit of tilt in his, you know, the way he delivers that, oh, Tommy yeah. Lee Jones in, in the film, right? So, good. so I'm just feeling that. That's my tilt. I'm going to leave it up for interpretation. People can take that with what they want. But that, that just keeps coming back to my mind every every time something else happens. Um so that's my tilt. So yeah, I'm I'm with you. Okay, so <laughs> that is a daily tilt, though, right? Where you you are just like, and you know, whatever. I know everyone listens to this, and people are, are people. But I mean, I can guarantee everyone that's listening to this has also thought the same thing. So I'm not going to offend anybody. Right. People are dumb. <laughs> it's like we, as a human species, are not that smart like there are smart individuals but collectively we make terrible decisions and we're just awful uh at, at living so, so i get it i totally get it because that is that is a daily tilt for me and it's you know i think i think if if i were to tilt about that every week um i could easily come up with about 50 different examples um so you know what i'm actually taking notes this is good People are dumb. Uh, yeah. People are dumb. And the list goes on and on and on. And uh, we will never run out of tilts, my friend. So that's a good one. Definitely won't. So we're going to get into the NFL trade deadline, who may, which may have some teams, fan bases on tilt uh, today. Uh, the trade deadline, for those of you who weren't following along, uh, 1 p.m. Pacific, that's 4 p.m. Eastern. Um, that would That's the deadline. I don't know why it's at random point in the day, but random. that's the way it works. Um, and the NFL trade deadline usually comes and goes, and most people don't even notice. This year was different, and we were talking mm. about this before we before we hit record. Um, it almost felt like an MLB trade deadline or one of those round ball sports, right? That just crazy yes. things happen with, with right. shorter rosters. Um, I, I think that part of our fantasy football disappointment with the trade deadline every year is one with salary caps and stuff. It's hard to make trades happen, especially when you only have seven draft picks and you have right. to fill fifty some odd man roster. Um, but there's also, you know, of the trades that happen, we don't really care about the offensive linemen. We don't care about the defensive secondary, defensive linemen, special team players, 
We just want to know about the top three wide receivers, top two running backs, quarterback, tight end on the team. Right. So even the trades that do happen, only a percentage of them apply to us. It just so happens this time around that there's some fantasy producers here, or at least situations that may have a fantasy impact. Um, so we're going to go through these. We'll kind of go through them one at a time. Um, I do want to start with the string of uh, running backs, the sort of running back carousel that took place. Mm. Um, so we're going to start at the top. Christian McCaffrey, Carolina Panthers, obviously traded a, a few weeks back now, uh, traded to San Francisco for a second, a third, a fourth, and a fifth. Um, this does leave the 49ers with only their compensatory picks left. Uh, they don't have a whole lot other than that because of the Trey Lance trade and now and now this. Um, Nate, Christian McCaffrey, you said you got him on one of your fantasy teams. San Francisco, yeah. how's that going? Trade all your picks. I mean, you know me in picks, man. I don't care. Right. <laughs> I mean, you get a guy like Christian McCaffrey. Of course, he was limited in the first game, but I mean, he was the opposite of limited in this last game. And it's only his second week into a new system and everything. 18 carries, 94 yards, a touchdown, eight receptions, 55 yards and a touchdown in hell. You know what? Let's let him throw one to Brennan Ayuk for 34 yard touchdown. So, you know, CMC is, is finally free. I think from a, a terrible offense that he was in and he was the only producer um, and they weren't even util like utilizing him the right way um, in the latter part of him being uh, at in you know as a panther. So he's already he's in he's in a better offense. Um, you know, sneak peek. They said goodbye to Jeff Wilson, so mm -hmm. that that happened today. And um, so yeah, wheels up for Christian McCaffrey. Uh, he just needs to stay healthy. And don't you dare curse him because he's the only good thing going on my fantasy team. I did see something that, that he's like the third player in the modern era to have a rushing touchdown, a passing touchdown, a receiving touchdown in the same game. And uh, one of those players that he joins is LaDainian Tomlinson. Of course. So of course. that is good company to be in uh, for Christian McCaffrey. We knew he was great, but just adding that extra level of, of greatness. Um, and the man deserves like a playoff run. You know, like oh my God, I, yeah. I know like. The Panthers have had had their days with with Cam Newton, but those are those are long gone now. Um, so we'll see what happens with San Francisco. They're obviously all in. Um, so we'll see what that turns into. I think the the more interesting part of the San Francisco trade, obviously Christian McCaffrey is is a big move, yeah. but I think the intrigue comes from Jeff Wilson being traded to Miami for a fifth round pick. Now this leaves San Francisco suddenly. Aaron at running back it's Christian McCaffrey until Elijah Mitchell comes back and that yeah. is sort of it they've got some undrafted rookies on the roster uh Trey Sermon's been gone you're forgetting one guy you're forgetting Debo Samuel <laughs> right he's a wide receiver but you know what god forbid something happens to CMC they already know they could just give it to Debo so they is they're just back, as much man. a running back as Christian McCaffrey is a receiver though I guess. I mean, they're both very good at handling the football. It doesn't matter how. So, right. um, you know, they're a deadly team, man. I'm really liking the 49ers right now. I'm I'm just surprised from a from a football standpoint that they were so ready to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo, and now they're just going to give him the keys and, and see what happens. Um, I I don't know what's happening there. It's it's working out for Christian McCaffrey so far. So we'll yes. see if that continues. Um, but Jeff Wilson to Miami. Yeah. Now this is an interesting thing because of the, the coaching uh, connection there. Um, oh, I'm going to forget the guy's name, head coach for Miami Dolphins. Anyway, came from San Francisco. Uh, so he's bringing over a guy that knows his system. Uh, he had Mostert from before. Um, it sort of makes a mess out of the Miami Dolphins situation. Um, is there anything specific about Jeff Wilson or does he just go back to being a backup running back? So, uh, yeah, Mike McDaniel. Mike McDaniel, that's yeah. the guy. Yep, thank you. So, for me, this one's interesting, right? When when given the volume we've seen Wilson has shown that he can be a lead back, he's got the capability. Um, and usually when he does get the volume, he does produce. The problem is, but they've they've the Dolphins, they've given a decent workload to Raheem Mostert, and he's done well with it. You know, they, they don't, they're playing good football. Um, they're not reliant on their run game to win football games. Obviously they have, you know, uh, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle and Tua and 
all, all those things are working. Mm -hmm. um, Chase Edmonds taken out of the equation, which maybe we'll hit on that as well, yep. Yep. Um, which will help. But I think this just remains what it has been, which is a two-headed backfield. And I don't know if, I don't think Wilson's going to get more than Chase Edmonds with, has been unless he can, you know, catch on to the new system uh, quickly. Maybe he does supplant um, Mostert. But for me, I think it just becomes a two-headed monster back there. And that, that scares me for fantasy purposes. It's certainly strange. I, I, I just, I, I wonder what Jeff Wilson provides them that they didn't have already. Cause to me, he doesn't seem inspiring. Like, is, is he a capable guy? Can he get the job done? Great. Um, are they just trying to take a little bit of pressure off Mostert so he survives the season? Um, or is there something behind the scenes that, that culture, that guy who understands the scheme, something like that is what Jeff Wilson's offering them that might not be tangible for fantasy purposes. Um, right. So if you've been if you were starting Jeff Wilson every week before Christian McCaffrey got traded, unfortunately, I don't think that's an option for you going forward. You sort of lost that starter on your team. Um, but I mean, sort of your fault. You're trusting Jeff Wilson in your lineup every <laughs> right. week. You should have had right. a better option than that. But you, you've lost a starter or at least a flex play, unfortunately. Um, for sure. Th this running back carousel ends in Denver uh, because Chase Edmonds traded from the Dolphins to Denver. Now, when I heard this or it came up on my phone because I'm so tied in, you know, following people who cover fantasy, it was Chase Edmonds traded. But the story here is that Bradley Chubb was traded. Correct. Right? Like he was just Chase part Edmonds of the deal. Right. is just a throw in part Correct. of the deal. Yes. The, the whole deal was Chase Edmonds, a first and a fourth for Bradley Chubb and a fifth. Right. So he's just it's Bradley Chubb for a first and some other stuff. <laughs> That's um, right. There, there is an element of this that I think is interesting, though, because fast forward a year in 2023, there are only two running backs on the Denver Broncos under contract, and it's Javante Williams and Chase Edmonds. Mm. Now, if Javante Williams does not come back on schedule from his ACL, right, um, then maybe Chase Edmonds becomes interesting. Um, but as, as of right now, Chase Edmonds joining Melvin Gordon, Latavius Murray, Divina Zigbo, Marlon Mack. And the mess that is the Denver Broncos this year, I'm not into this at all. Uh, uh, no, I mean, and you and I have been on the right side of this uh, Chase Edmonds discussion for a long time because the fantasy industry just wants him to be something. And yeah. you and I have been saying from the beginning, he's not like, <laughs> you know, going back to his days in Arizona, it's just very small sample size of him having very successful games. And too much being put on that, I think, as is the case with Chase Edmonds. But in this case, you know, I don't trust a single thing that the Broncos are doing. <laughs> they keep insisting that Melvin Gordon is their RB1, yet he's been out carried by Latavius Murray in two of the last three weeks. So to me, this just solidifies the fact that the Denver Broncos backfield, just something to avoid in fantasy. Um, so yeah, no, I hate this. I, I, I do think it's interesting for, for one perspective, it, it shows me that the Denver Broncos have some self-awareness, right? You, you don't trade Bradley Chubb for a first and a fourth. If you think that you've got a chance, right? Right. Exactly. Yes. They, they know that they're going downhill. That's for sure. All right. So we've got a couple more running backs to, to cover here. Uh, we're off the sort of the carousel, the Carolina, San Francisco, Miami, Denver train, <laughs> um, James Robinson from Jacksonville was traded to the Jets. We kind of talked about this before. Sixth yeah. round pick that could become a fifth based on certain conditions being met. Um, we've now seen a week of this in action, and mm. James Robinson's not great. Right. No, I mean, I see, I like James Robinson. I'm a James Robinson fan. Uh, but I said to you the last time I think we talked about this, um, that I wasn't crazy about this trade for him. Obviously, mm -hmm. Uh, for the Jags and ATN, that was amazing, right? Now, the Jets had to react to the Brees Hall injury, and they did, and they got James Robinson. Um, again, I didn't love this trade when it happened, but his first game as a Jet, of course, I'm expecting him to be limited. So he did. He only had five carries for 17 yards, but that was against the Patriots, and Patriots are tough against the run. Sure. But now, now he has the Bills this week, and, and then they're tougher. Then the week, yeah, then the week after, he's got a bye. And get, guess who else he has after the bye? The Patriots again. 
I'm staying completely away. So if anybody's trying to offer you James Robinson, I would smash that decline button so fast that your head would spin. So just stay away from him. And and he still and he has he faces the Bills again in a few weeks. So it's not like things get better for Robinson's situation. Maybe he adjusts and and even if he's adjust to this, you know, this this offense and this system, next year he's he's not the number one guy. It's gonna be Brees Hall. So James Robinson, to me, he's he's dead in fantasy. And it's and it stinks because like I said, I do like him. And, and it's somewhat unfortunate because going to the 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 Jets for him, I, I felt it was better than the Jaguars situation was going to be because at least going to the Jets. I mean, Michael Carter does his thing, but he's not going to yeah. be the featured guy. Travis Etienne's yeah. the featured guy. I mean, I was I took him fifth in our redraft, right? And he's showing that That's he's right. going to be the guy. Um, so there was an opportunity for James Robinson to find his spot, but we talked about him being a pass blocker. But if Michael Carter's in on all the passing plays. I mean, when are you pass blocking, right? There's just not, right. it, it seems like an odd fit. I'm not sure why the Jets did this. Um, I guess he was a, a cheap stabilizing influence on the backfield or something like that, whatever the coaches are going to say. Um, but don't love that one. What about Naeem Hines from the Colts traded to the Bills for yes. Zach Moss in a sixth? Yeah. So, so I'm okay with this one. Okay. Um, but the, the thing is this, this might be fool's gold. And that's what I'm a little worried about. Because at first glance, it feels amazing for Neem Hines, obviously being part of the Bills' offense. Mm-hmm. However, Devin Singletary has 23 receptions on 30 targets for 183 yards and a touchdown. The reason why I bring up Singletary's receiving work is because that's what Naheem Hines is. That is, he's a specialist in in you know he's the receiving back. Mm-hmm. Now Naheem Hines to this point has been slightly more productive with 25 receptions on 28 targets for 188 yards. But really, they're the same as far as the passing game goes, at least for this season. And Devin Singletary, here's the only thing that has me a little excited for Hines. I think Hines is obviously a better receiver out of the backfield, and now he's in a better offense. So maybe you know his numbers are going to be light years better than what they are in, you know, or what they were in uh, Indianapolis. However, I, I'm, I'm like, this is a roller coaster ride for me. Right. So mm-hmm. for me, will the bills shift too much from what's been winning them games? Like they don't really need to. Right. I mean, Devin Singletary right. is their ground and pound guy, but he's also involved in, um, you know, the, the receiving work, which, you know, He's done just as well as Neem Hines, but I don't know. Maybe they have a good plan for Hines. You know, he could be amazing provided he gets the targets, but this is Singletary and Allen's backfield. So, ah, man, I don't know. I'm on the fence with this one. I think if you're in a league where you have a droppable player and Naheem Hines is there, he's worth the flyer. He's worth like, cause it could just be magic in a bottle uh, mm-hmm. in this offense. So, and if you're going to do it, you got to give them two, three weeks before you drop them. Uh, because, you know, sometimes with these trades, it takes some time to to get these players going. And uh, so that's it. That's how I feel about Hines. I think that he's just he's he's worth a flyer if you can get him on the cheap um, and see what happens. But other than that, I, I just I'm not sure it moves the needle too much for me. You know, we were talking about Chase Edmonds. I feel the same way about Naeem Hines. I feel like the fantasy football community wants this guy to be, I don't know, Danny Woodhead or Darren Sproles or somebody like that, and he just isn't. Like, he's not going to be a difference maker. Can he be a solid flex guy, fill in, use those PPR points to pad some stats and get you through? Sure. Yeah. Um, But that doesn't make him exciting just because it's a different offense. He had that role uh, where he was the, he should have been the pass catcher for the Colts. But Jonathan Taylor proved to be a better pass catcher than perhaps we thought he was going to be. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then you're right, going to Buffalo. I'm uh, Buffalo is in, the interesting part of this. I think Zach Moss is dead. By the way, like yeah, just yeah. that that's over with. Um, he was he's a throw in on this. It, this is Naeem right. Hines for a sixth, then get Zach Moss out of here. Right. Um, you know, you know, you know, in those fantasy football trades where you just throw in the guy you were going to cut anyway because it yes, was like two yes. for one. That's who <laughs> Zach Moss is in this guy. So just. Keep that in mind if you're approaching this trade in your leagues. 
Um, but it's interesting that now Devin Singletary is the heaviest Bills running back at 203 pounds. Isn't that crazy? I know. And so I know. they are he just – He looks good. They are just going to do what they should have been doing, I guess, for the last couple of years is forget all this running back nonsense. Right. Just let Josh Allen go win games. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what the Bills are going to do. And that's exciting, I think, for Dawson Knox and Greg Davis and uh, obviously Diggs, right? Like yeah. just oh, – yeah. Wheels up on everybody. Love Josh it. Allen's rushing touchdowns to the moon. Mm-hmm. Like, because they're not even going to try with Zach Moss anymore. They've just written that no, off. Done. It's, I mean, you know, but, and like I said, the only, the only thing is like Naheem Hines has to be on the field enough mm-hmm. for, for him to really have production. Um, and that's the only thing I just don't think he's going to be. But does we'll Naheem Hines there. replace both Zach Moss and James Cook? I think he can. I mean, he's got the ability. He's got the, you know, he's got the um, experience to do so. So I think he's already replacing one of them. And the other one has not been uh, involved much at all. So they did trade for the guy. So I I think they have a plan for him. So it's going to be interesting to see. We'll definitely see how that one plays out. Okay, so that does it for the the running backs that have that have moved teams. We're going to move on to some receivers. Um, I want to start with Kadarius Toney. Former first-round wide receiver, uh, whether or not you believe he was worth a first-round pick, the Giants at the time thought he was, uh, mm-hmm. has been traded to Kansas City Chiefs for a third and a sixth. Now, this is a big name as far as draft capital player now going to a big-time offense. I mean, I don't know if you can get to a better passing attack from where the Giants were to where the Chiefs right. are. I mean, this one's got potential. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> so obviously, like you said, you're moving from the Giants to the Chiefs, already a tick up for, for Kadarius Tony. However, like him being on the Giants, he probably should have shined a lot more, right? Like, because who are the other receivers there? Right. <laughs> a bunch of nobodies, right? So K- Kadarius Tony should have been. There are plenty of elite wide receivers on bad teams, right? So why wasn't he able to capture that like i i did see glimpses and it wasn't even this season it was the last season of Kadarius tony where i'm like wow this guy's dangerous he's a he's a good weapon yeah. here's why i'm reluctant to fall for this one right the chiefs they they just already have plenty of targets in this offense now tony he's, he's gonna have to learn the playbook and adjust to an offense maybe i'm putting too much into players adjusting but especially when it comes to running routes for wide receivers, that's it's a lot harder to do that than a running back who just gets handed the ball and says, you know, run in the opening. But, you know, and then for me, it's like it, maybe that he isn't fantasy relevant this year, but it's early enough to gain some kind of chemistry with Mahomes. And I think he could be amazing for the 2023 fantasy season. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I'm like jumping all over the opportunity to you know, stash them on my team to see what happens there because they already have a good thing going. And he, he, yes, he just, he adds to it, but is he, is he going to become the number one guy there? Probably not. Right. Well, and we talked about this before the number one guy is Travis Kelsey. Of course. Uh, number, the number two guys, uh, Juju, Juju. Right. So, right. so then you talk about the receivers or the running backs start getting involved. Curious Tony, maybe gets a couple plays here and there. Um, I, I have this feeling that he's just the next, John Ross, Corey Coleman, Nicole Hardman guy that we yeah. has all the talent in the world and just can't stay healthy or put it all together. Um, and unfortunately, I think the only fantasy takeaway really for Tony is um, that the buy now window closed in Dynasty. We don't really cover that on the show, but if, yeah. if you were going to buy Tony, you should have done that when he was a giant, not now that he's a chief, because now he's more expensive. The upside, I don't know, has changed all that much. Um, cause now he can't be the alpha in the offense and he had the opportunity to be, be the alpha and with the giants and didn't, um, but to, you know, to your point though, is like in dynasty, you can afford to shelf him for a year. And then, like I said, he could, you know, gain that chemistry and then be amazing next year in the offense. So at least there's some value there in redraft. I'm not, I'm not jumping on it this late in the game. Uh, next receiver traded, Chase Claypool uh, from the Steelers, traded to the Bears for a second-round pick. I, I, I love the, the Steelers and their second-round picks because mm. over the last six years, their second-round picks have been used on pass catchers. 
George Pickens, Pat Fryermuth, Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson was a third in the year they didn't have a second. James Washington, Juju Smith-Schuster. So I'm willing to put money on it that they're going to take a pass catcher in the second round next year with this pick they got for Chase Claypool. But Claypool to the Bears. What are we well, doing let, with this one? Let, let's just hope Deontay Johnson doesn't announce the pick because that's exactly <laughs> what happened with Chase Claypool. He literally announced his replacement. George How, Pickens. You a, said that a few weeks back, I too. Did. That is funny. It's so insane that it actually worked out that way. Yep. Now, I everyone's like, oh, my God. Justin Fields finally looking great. Like he had his best game of his career last week. I'm like, really? 151 freaking passing yards. And he had the 27th least uh, pass attempts last week. Like that's his career game. Are you, uh, what are we talking about? Like, I am mm-hmm. not like, of course, for fantasy, he's got the rushing upside. And, you know, it appears that the offense is finally, and I know we're talking about, Chase Claypool, I'll get there, but mm-hmm. I've got some stuff hung up on on Justin Fields, and which is why I don't like this move for Chase Claypool because Claypool had more targets as the number two wide receiver in Pittsburgh than the number one wide receiver in Chicago has through eight games. Yes, right. Yeah. Now, and I just tweeted this out prior to us recording, and this is something that I found interesting. Justin Fields has just four more pass attempts and two more completions through eight games than Joe Flacco. Joe Flacco has played three games this season. Mm -hmm. Justin Fields, five more games, yet just four more pass attempts and two more completions than Joe Flacco. This is not, oh my God, like I, how can you get excited for any wide receiver going to Chicago? They still have, you know, the two-headed David Montgomery and, Khalil Herbert in that backfield and now throw in Justin Fields, who's finally starting to run. They are basically the Baltimore Ravens, but right. not as good. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? So I'm not excited for any of the pass catchers and for Chase Claypool, this does not make me, I don't think it gives him more fancy value for this move. Like, as I said, he was getting more targets as a number two, in a different offense than the offense he's now coming into. And there's no proof that he's going to be, you know, he's not going to supplant Mooney right away. Like, right. And then even if he does, what kind of target share is he going to get? This move makes a lot of sense for an NFL team. And I, it's not relevant for fantasy is my takeaway is my takeaway on this one. Yeah. The the bears clearly have a plan. Cause when you bring in a guy like Claypool, they brought in Nikhil Harry, like they are trying to get, athletes on their team that when they attempt 15 passes a game, they're going to make the most of those opportunities when they get them right. um, big body receivers who are going to help them in the run game. And they could get a pop off long play. And they're hoping to only need a couple of those a game to pull off some wins. That's the Chicago bears plan. Is it sound from a football perspective, real football, perhaps play ball control, get a couple of big plays. Don't turn the ball over, win the game, but you're going to win games 13 to 10 doing that. Yeah, that's not going to help you for your fantasy team. I'm not excited for this one for fantasy purposes Same. at all. Calvin Ridley, I forgot this dude existed. To be honest yep. with you, yep. traded from Atlanta to Jacksonville for a sixth, and this is the most craziest conditional sixth round pick. It could become a second, yeah, depending on if the, if certain conditions are met. If he gets reinstated before a certain period of time, if he gets a certain amount of playing time, if they sign him to a long term deal. There's all kinds of conditions in this one where it could become a second round pick considering his situation of being suspended indefinitely and quitting on the last team he was on. I think it's worthy of that wide range of outcomes. Sixth round pick to a second round pick is the fantasy outcome of this one that wide sixth round pick to a second. That's I mean, that's pretty incredible considering he's going to be he's going to turn 28 in December. Yeah, people forget he was old coming in. Yeah, so he's not like this young guy um, that would be worth that second round pick if it somehow turns into that. Um, <clears throat> you know, talk about a guy that the Bears should have gotten. I, I think Calvin Ridley to Chicago probably would have been good for their future. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> this one's tough because it has no impact on this season. 
because right. obviously he's suspended for the year. Um, so I guess the only thing I could say is I love Christian Kirk and Calvin Ridley duo for 2023. I mean, mm-hmm. that that's all I can really say about it because, you know, this year, and it's just one of those trades, like it either really works out for the Falcons or they get a six rounder out of it. So, I mean, I don't know, not loving it. You know, if, if Calvin Ridley's head is in the right place, he's a good receiver. Like I don't think there's any question that, that when, when his head's in it, he's a good wide receiver. So this does make Jacksonville somebody to watch going into next year. I've talked about ETN ad nauseum already, but Christian Kirk's outperforming expectations, you know, whether or not people thought Christian Kirk's actually a good wide receiver. I don't think there's any doubt that Calvin Ridley's actually a good wide receiver. Yeah. Yeah. If, if he's got his head in the right space, he's going to have plenty of time off to think about it and get right. It will have been two years since he touched a football or something like that by the time he comes that's, back. That's, yeah, that's another thing that scares me a little bit and why I'm just like, eh, I don't know. Like, you know, Michael Thomas took a long time to get back to football and mm-hmm. look at him. He's still like, I know this is a little different because it's not injury related and, and Michael Thomas is still dealing with injury. Allegedly. Again, yeah, yeah, allegedly, right? But you know, time away from the field is time away from the field, regardless of what the reason is. And so this one I'm very reluctant on for sure. Inside story. I have a dynasty roster where I had Michael Thomas and Calvin Ridley on it. And I thought I've got studs. I have two of the top five wide receivers in the league. This is going to be fantastic. And they've played a combined like two games in two years. And it's horrible. (laughs) Like just getting off my roster. It's the worst. Um, That's one thing before we move on. Oh, yeah. Christian Kirk is the wide receiver 16 on the year PPR. He's, you know, he's outperforming expectations. He's still not performing up to how they paid him. No, but I think, no, the fantasy oh my community, God, no way. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think the fantasy community has to be pleased with, with definitely with that. So for sure. It's, it's trailed off recently. Um, You know, he's getting four or three receptions a game or something like that, but he started hot for sure. Absolutely. Uh, One more. This, this one's a, a big trade, I think, because it's in, in division. TJ Hawkinson from the Lions traded to the Vikings for a second and a third. Um, Detroit's getting back two conditional fourths. I mean, this one's. This one. Okay. Do you mind if I start on this one? Oh, please. Like this one makes, this was almost my tilt because this one makes absolutely no sense to me whatsoever from Detroit side. Like what are they doing? They, they, they trade. 20 TJ Hawkinson, as you said, to get two picks. However, they're also throwing in two picks. Like, what is going on? They traded a top four tight end for a 2023 second and 2024 third while also giving up two picks. He's 25 years old. Their backup is uh Brock Wright, who has a total of get this six targets on the season. Right, like yep. what? Detroit screw this one up. I don't know what their motivation was, but was there something going on behind the scenes where Hawkinson said, you know, was demanding a trade quietly? I don't know, but I will say this: this is great for Hawkinson and the Vikings. So I'm, I'm, I'm excited. You know, if I if I have him rostered anywhere, I'm excited for this move because he's going to a team that throws more, and the quarterback has a better completion percentage. So this certainly does, um, I think, create more opportunity for Hawkinson and possibly on a more consistent basis. Um, Because I now think, you know, obviously Justin Jefferson, number one, like, you know, you're not even going to touch that. Adam Thielen still is going to, he's going to get his consistent target share, uh, you know, six or so targets a game. But I think Hawkinson, you know, Christian Kirk, Christian, yeah, when Christian Kirk, I'm saying, uh, Kirk Cousins is gonna. Mm-hmm. He loves this move, you know. Now he's got a legit mismatch, 25 year old <laughs> mismatch uh, at that position for for the foreseeable future, and I think that he's probably gonna have an immediate impact. Maybe not week one with the Vikings, mm-hmm. but you know, going forward after that, um, I think Hawkinson is just this is good for fantasy for Hawkinson. I believe. I think that this move happened because of a scheme fit in Detroit. If you look at their, you know, their Jameson Williams pick, um, 
They've got Amon Ross St. Brown, DeAndre Swift. Maybe they're trying to make this more of a spread them out, three wide receiver, running gun type offense. Yeah. Um, and and that's where they're going with this. You know, Jared Goff played that in college, played that with the Rams. Like maybe yeah. that's they're trying to emulate some of that on offense. And and for whatever reason, they didn't feel Hawkinson fit into that. Oh, man. Um, there's also, you know, he's coming up on the last couple of years, a couple of years of his deal. Maybe they yeah. didn't have plans to extend him, pay him, which probably going to be a record contract for a tight end. Uh, they just don't want to have that burden on their team. Um, so it's probably more of a, a business football decision. front office decision, I <laughs> yeah, think. Yeah. Um, but I'm not, I, you said this is good news for Hawkinson. I'm not sure that I think it is. No. Um, I, I think it can help the Vikings as a whole. It might help Kirk Cousins. Here's my hesitation. Kirk Cousins, he's ninth in the league in, in attempts, but he's 15th in the league in yards, um, which means his yards per attempt is behind a lot of yeah. not good quarterbacks. And I've got a list here. I'm going to read these to you. And let me know sure. if any of these strike you as a good quarterback. Uh, Mac Jones, Matt Stafford, Matt Ryan, Derek Carr, Zach Wilson, Russell Wilson, Justin Fields, Ryan Tannehill, and Jacoby Brissett. They are all, all of those legends, by the way, all of them, <laughs> all of those people have more yards per attempt than Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins might set all kinds of records for guaranteed money paid to him by the league. Yeah. But man, I, it, I'll say this. The Vikings need this as a team to diversify their offensive weapons. You can't just go out there continually expecting Thielen to hold up. Justin Jefferson and Dalvin Cook, and that's it. Um, it. It's nice to have another option, um, whether that comes out of the tight end or a third wide receiver or somebody else who can contribute. Yeah. So Hawkinson can be that. But going from somebody who had the opportunity to be the number one option in his offense to somebody who's now going to be the third or fourth with a quarterback that, I mean, I, I can't say Cousins is better than Goff. I mean, on a week-to-week basis, maybe he is, but... Man, the, the the efficiency of that offense has been down. Maybe this helps out. I sort of just wish the Vikings would run the ball more. I think is where I'm really coming from with all this. Like, stop it. Well, the thing is, like, Detroit started off as, like, the hottest offense in the league through four weeks. And then they went back to being the Lions. Right. So I guess the timing of it is what has me excited because now the Lions are not playing great. and um, you know, I, I think at least on a more consistent basis, the Vikings offense moves the ball. And right. that's what has me excited for Hawkinson. And plus he's got a couple of more talented players on the roster to detract defenses from his own, you know, uh, mismatch ability. So I don't know. We'll see. Not every, I mean, we've, we've, I think we've proven that like, because every every time someone gets traded, like it, it just feels like automatically people are like, oh no, this this is amazing. Like it's so good. He's he's somewhere different. It's you know the grass is greener. But yeah. I think we're we're really doing a good job of kind of balancing the two. And this is the first one I think that you and I kind of a little like disagree on here. But um, you know, we we can't we can talk to a blue in the face, but let's wait and see and uh to the games play and and uh then we'll we'll revisit this trade you know what i think you and i can both agree on is that my heart is broken for your buddy you're talking about last week who's a lions fan when yeah. he asked are we ever going to see deandre swift amon ross st brown the answer and healthy no. in the same week the answer is no <laughs> i gotta <laughs> find that gonna... tweet i gotta find that tweet and respond to it you thank you for reminding yeah. me of that that's you, awesome the answer is you cannot have nice things because you're the detroit lions sit there and be happy with what you have Unbelievable. Yeah, I just don't get it for the Lions for sure. Speaking of being happy with what you have, there are some teams, the Green Bay Packers, who are just <laughs> going to have to be happy with what they got. They didn't get anything else. Nate, who who should have been traded that, that didn't? Or who were you hoping to get traded that didn't? Hold on. Before we get to that, there's a funny... You brought up the Green Bay Packers, and I saw this, uh, this meme, and it's the Charlie Brown Halloween where uh what is it the the bears said i got our wide receiver and the vikings said i got a tight end and then the green bay packers i got a rock <laughs> <laughs> so for any of you older people out there watch charlie brown halloween yeah that you know there's this this 
character that kept getting rocks and everyone else was getting big candy bars or whatever. And uh, so, yeah, the Green Bay Packers got uh, got a rock. In this I, one. I'm feeling the soup Nazi reference, and this is going to age us, too. But you get nothing. <laughs> like, That's right. Nothing, That's Aaron right. Rodgers, you get nothing. Uh, so, yeah, there's just a few names I'm surprised that didn't get traded. Um, first and foremost, Melvin Gordon, as I mentioned, like, hit, you know, he was interviewed a couple of weeks back in the locker room and he was just, you know, very somber after a loss that I think they could have, the Denver Broncos could have easily won, but they didn't put Melvin Gordon on the field. Like right. down the stretch, they didn't even put him on the field at all. And he's just like, I don't know. You know, I, I, I wish he basically said that he wish he could have helped, but that wasn't the case. Yeah. Right. So Melvin Gordon to me, and like I said, he's been out touched by Latavius Murray in two of the last three weeks. Elijah Moore. I mean, is there more of a toxic situation between an organization and a wide receiver right now? There, uh, there, there is though. And you know what it is? It's the so. relationship between Denzel Mims and the Jets. Because we've seen this story before. Denzel Mims wasn't getting targeted, wasn't yeah. active, wasn't getting the tar- demanding trades, wanted out of there, and they didn't cave to him either. No, yeah. Well, so, I don't know. Maybe they're they're trying to set a precedence, precedence where it's like, <clears throat> you know, you're not just going to complain, and we're going to grant you a trade, which I kind of respect. But at the same time, Elijah Moore has a point. Like he was drafted to be the guy. And they're not targeting him. And it's just bizarre. Like I've watched film. He's open quite a few times. Yeah. So it is, is, it is, it's a weird thing. This is an organizational thing. And some teams have their quirks, like the chargers. If you hold out, they're not going to give you a contract. Like, right. Fine. You're just not going to get one. The jets, you demand a trade and act like a diva or whatever you want to call it. They're not going to cave. They're going to, they're going to hold strong. And and some teams have those things you know the cowboys they're going to go with zeke regardless doesn't matter (laughs) it's just you you have those things to come up but i'm I'm not surprised elijah moore uh did not get traded i am surprised that dj moore didn't get traded i know that's actually another name somebody brought up too which is uh surprising but you know the truth is the panthers have done enough this season to lose fans so maybe maybe they want to hold on to something um you gotta sell tickets yeah exactly um Kareem Hunt is another one like Kareem Hunt would be an RB one on so many other teams. And, you know, obviously Nick Chubb's the guy there. Um, And I feel like they've really toned down on the usage of Kareem Hunt in recent weeks. And I thought it was because, oh, they're going to trade this guy. Like I thought they were just making that obvious that they were trying to plan without Kareem Hunt, but that never came to uh, fruition. Uh, your guy, Brandon Cooks, we talked about this before uh, we recorded. Yep. And um, there's some stuff is still happening, though, with Brandon Cooks that who knows if he does get released because he didn't practice today. He didn't participate in practice. And, um, you know, we did. I did pull up his tweet that said, <clears throat> don't take a man's kindness for granted, covered for lies for too long. These days are done, crossed the line with playing with my career. So he's obviously not happy. And some, I don't know what lies he's talking about, but there's something happening in the background there. And that's interesting. Yeah. I mean, does we talked about this. Does he become a cut? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know that they would, that they would cut him, but I mean, what are the Texans doing this season anyway? Right. Um, I would be shocked if he's a Texan to the start of twenty the, the 2023 season. So maybe he's like a draft day guy that gets moved or something like that. I'm um, very curious of how things play out for him this week. Like, I'm just, I'm going to be on Brandon Cook's watch. Right. Yeah. A talented player. I, I think I'd, I'd read something where if he had gotten traded again, he would have become the most traded offensive player in like NFL history, like five times or four times he's been yeah. traded. Uh, but he's good everywhere he goes. So wherever he goes next, I'm going to be in on Brandon Cooks. Like, send him to I don't know Green Bay or right somewhere. Right, like well, it, he's got to land he, on his feet. I mean, well, that that's the, the the place I thought he was going. But you know, Green Bay instead they they wanted a rock, and that's what they got. I mean, uh, you look at the places he could go. I mean, Tennessee, oh you know, Denver. Like, 
there's a bunch of places it's like maybe he fills that Tyler Lockett role in Russell Wilson's offense that apparently mm. Russell Wilson needs to have. I I don't know. And one more, uh, I got one more. Cam oh, Akers. Sure. Cam yeah. Akers for me because I, and, and I believe I heard something a couple of weeks ago where the organization was basically saying that they want to give him a fresh start somewhere else. Like they even talked that up in, in to justify why they're benching him and not playing him because mm-hmm. they want to give him that opportunity somewhere else. And, you know, trade deadline comes and goes and he's still on the roster. So that one is a head scratcher for sure. Yeah, I, I don't know if this is going to be an experience that that's humbling for him that gets him back on the right track or if it's a health related thing or or just a system fit. I mean, I don't I don't know what's going on with Cam Akers, but I, apparently I was wrong. I thought he had the potential to be a league winner and I, I was prepared to come on tonight and say, see, I said league winner, but I didn't say league winner for the Rams. He's going to be <laughs> right, traded right. to somebody else and it's going to be fantastic. And then obviously that didn't happen. So no, Um Unfortunately, it could be the end of the road for Cam Akers if he's unable to catch on somewhere else that he is a fit. Uh, that Achilles injury has perhaps claimed another. Uh, yeah. Dr. Foreman's still <laughs> outstanding in that in that study. <laughs> right, right. Um, but, uh, you know, that's going to do it for us tonight. That was our trade sort of recap. Uh, there was more to talk about than perhaps we thought. Um, yeah. we, will be, we will be back in two weeks with a Fantasy Tilt episode. Uh, next week, we're going to take it off, work-related stuff. But we will see you guys when we see you. Stay tilted. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Fantasy Tilt Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Fantasy Tilt Pod. Help support the show by subscribing and please leave us a review on iTunes.